in our sixth week on the study of the role of the work of, and the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it has been amazing. What God has been showing me in it all is that no matter how much I think I know, there is always something to learn. I could hear the same word over and over again. And in some cases, I've heard the same word over and over again in my life. And God reveals something fresh and different with a totally different application every single time I go to the word. And so some of this stuff, it might sound academic, like it's, you know, like it's the same old stuff. But I'm telling you, the word of God is living. Everybody say living. living. And how many of you in here walked in here alive? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Is today a different day than it was yesterday? Did you know that there's never been a sunrise like today's sunrise? And just like God causes the sun to rise in the east and set in the west, every single day, every single day is an opportunity to explore the depth of what it means to be in relationship with Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So um, God has just been teaching me more and more and more and more about the Holy Spirit, and I'm enjoying it. It's taking me deeper into my relationship with him. So this week is going to be week six of the role of the work of the Holy Spirit, and I've titled this The Fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Fruit of the Holy Spirit. Any one of these topics we could spend weeks on. There's no way to mine out all that's available to discuss about any of these things. The, the role of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit. All these things run so deep we can never fathom them all. But I just want to give you a, just, a, just another little slice of the role and the work of the Holy Spirit. I want to recap a couple of things that I think are really important to us. And I'm going to slow down just a tad. I said to you before, and I want to repeat today, that the, that the Holy Spirit lives in us to make us more like Jesus. That's the reason why he's here is to make us more like Jesus. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is the evidence of a Christ-like character. It's the evidence of Christ in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit. And I said this a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and I, I want to say it again. There's a big difference, there's a distinction between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Remember I said a while back that everyone has a gift or some people have multiple gifts, right? And all the gifts manifest uniquely within the body of Christ, depending on who is using the gift. That's the reason why the gifts are for the body of Christ. Because, Jackie, you have a gift of teaching, but your gift of teaching is not the same as mine. And so when you stand up to teach, your teaching is just as unique to you as the fingerprint on your finger. Same gift, different outcome. All right? It's going to look different. The fruit of the Spirit, however, is different. The fruit of the Spirit is different. It's interesting that the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit and not the fruits of the Spirit. The word fruit here is a singular Greek word. <laughs> fruit. 
I, I think it was probably six months ago, I came in with a whole basket of fruit, remember? And I had a mango, and I had a banana, and I had like four different types of apples. And without fail, every single person in here was able to identify the fruit that I held up. Remember that? I said, what is this? It's a pear. I said, how do you know it's a pear? My mom, somebody said, because my mama told me. <laughs> no, listen, because, uh, because, because you know that it's a pear, right? Jesus makes this statement. He says in Matthew 12, 33, he says, a tree is known by its fruit. A fruit tree may bear, an apple tree may bear many apples, but they're all apples and they all come from the same tree. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit is the source of our lives. He is the source of the fruit in our lives. And, and because he is, All of our fruit is going to look the same. All of our fruit is going to look the same. We all might have the same gift, but we don't all. We all might not have the same gift, but we all have the same fruit. Now, here's something that's key. Every follower of Christ at some point should have all the fruit of the Spirit evident in their life. Now, some of you just checked out on me. Don't check out on me. Let me say that again. Every follower of Christ at some point should have all the fruit of the Spirit evident in their life. The fruit of the Spirit is God's expectation for our lives. Remember I said that, that we are going to be held accountable for the gifts, but we're going to be judged by the fruit? It is God's expectation that we have fruit in our lives. Every single follower will bear spiritual fruit. Sometime, some way, somehow, they will bear spiritual fruit. Watch this now. I'm bold enough to say this. Otherwise, you are not a follower of Jesus Christ. It, it is that simple. Jesus says a tree is known by what? At some point, as a follower of Jesus Christ, there must be fruit of Christ's likeness in your life. There must be. I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. If you profess to be a follower of Christ and there's no evidence of the fruit in your life, I have legitimate grounds to question whether or not you're a true follower of Jesus. Yeah, it's true. Vicki, if, if you are the same person that I met a year ago and there's no evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in your life and you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ and it's been a year and there's still no evidence, I have the legitimate right as a follower of Jesus Christ to question whether or not you're a follower and you have the same right with me. Oh, Lord. Okay, so here's what Vicky means by that. We told Vicky, we said, Vicky, you're like an M&M. You, got, you, got, you have this hard outer shell, but the inside, you like milk chocolate. What would you just say, Vicky? The M&M is what? That's because the fruit of the Spirit are becoming evident in your life. Praise God. 
Come on now. Hmm. Every born-again believer will be fruitful. It doesn't mean that every follower will have all the fruit on display all the time. It doesn't mean that. Because there are seasons in our lives where, where a person's fruit may not be outwardly evident, but the fruit is still there. But I want to be clear. The Father expects every one of us who are followers of Christ to bear spiritual fruit. It's his expectation. Everybody say expectation. expectation. It's an expectation. Joe, go with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, begin at verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through verse 5. I'll be reading out the ESV for those of you who are following us on Facebook Live. Your version might sound different. Uh, who else has a different version in it besides ESV today? See, everybody, we got all kinds of different versions in here. This is, this is my take. You guys know what my take is. The best version of the Bible for you is the one that you will faithfully read. We're going to talk about the word in a few minutes. Jesus says this. this. These are the words of Jesus. I am the true vine, the true vine. Oh, I didn't get this. Listen, I knew this, but this didn't jump on me this morning when I was going back through this. He says, I am the true vine, which means that there evidently are some There's some false, there's some false, there's some false vines out there. You can get wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in some false vines out there. Help me, Jesus. He's on the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Everybody say prunes. That it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Man, okay. Okay, log in your memory that verse because we're going to come back to it. I think it's awesome. Already, verse 3, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. Much For apart from me, you can't do anything. I love to say this is Greg's vernacular. Apart from me, you can't do jack. Nothing. Nil. Nada. Zilch. Zip. Can't do anything. <laughs> The role in the work of the Holy Spirit is to produce. Everybody say produce. produce. To produce spiritual fruit of godliness in the life of the followers of Christ. Now listen, that's his role. Here's our role. Our role is to surrender to his authority so to allow him to build the character that he wants to in us in order for us to be strong enough to bear the fruit that he wants to produce in our life. You see, you and I are, are designated by God to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And we cannot bear the fruit of godliness in our lives outside of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Man, apart from his work, we can't do anything. So, 
Today, I want to give you two ways to work with the Holy Spirit to cultivate the fruit that he wants to grow in your life. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You guys ready for this? Go back, to the old, go back to the Old Testament, to Psalms. Go back to Psalms. Here's the first way. Finding delight in God's word through meditation. Finding delight in God's word through meditation. Psalms chapter 1. You guys with me? Let's go to verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. I love the King James says ungodly. Nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I opened that up and I preached this one time. Listen, you guys got to look at that progression. When you think about this progression, think about concrete. Think about how concrete sets in your life. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, who nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. I'm going to hit this and I'm going to quit it. You know, you can, you can walk outside of the will of God and ignore his voice for so long that before you know it, your heart is as hard as concrete. Mm. Let me keep moving. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, in whatever it does, he prospers. I want you to notice something. Our ability to bear fruit is directly related to the place the Word of God has in our lives. And notice it doesn't just say read. It says meditate. On his law does he meditate. Now listen. Meditation was in the Bible long before some of these religions began. Meditation is not a bad thing. We meditate on things all of the time. I had a bunch of illustrations for it. I'm just going to give you one. I was hungry for some ice cream one day. You know, you know, a brother loves to eat. And I was hungry all day long for that ice cream, and I found myself meditating on that ice cream. What I was going to do when I got off work, I, that ice cream, I could taste that ice cream. I, I meditated on what it was going to be like to go to the refrigerator, to pull that ice cream out, to take the top off, to put the spoon in there, to watch the caramel come up off the spoon. Glory to Jesus. What it was going to taste like in my mouth when my taste buds hit it and what it was going to feel like when it went down to my stomach. What's that? Yeah, see, now everybody look at like, I, I want some, I want some ice cream, Pastor. We serve an ice cream after church today. No, we're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> Listen, I meditated on that ice cream all day long, man. <laughs> we're always meditating on something. Listen, listen, don't miss this. There will always be fruit from the thing that you meditate on. There will always be fruit from the thing that you meditate on. 
The fruit of my meditation on that ice cream was I got home and guess what I ate? You know, if my kids were still in the house, I'd have been meditating on whether or not they was going to eat my ice cream before I got home. <laughs> meditating on whether or not I need to take a side journey to the store and get some ice cream. But they're no longer home. They're grown, gone, and on their own. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Happy Father's Day to me. <laughs> Listen, here's what the Greek word says that meditation is. Meditation hmm, is prolonged focus, reflection, and speech regarding a particular thought or desired activity. Prolonged focused reflection and speech regarding a particular thought or desired activity. The Hebrew word for meditation here means to mutter to utter and to speak. It's rehearsing something over and over again. Meditation on God's word is the prolonged, focused, prayerful reflection and speaking of scripture. It's rehearsing again and again who God is, what he has done, what he's promised to still do according to scripture. It's the practice of reading and speaking the word of God, and then watch this now. Oh, man, then watch this now. It's the practice of reading and speaking the word of God and then allowing the word of God to read and speak to us. Yeah. The psalmist says the person who practices this will be like a tree that's planted by the streams of water. Pay attention to those three metaphors. You'll be a tree that is planted by the streams of water. What kind of tree? Mm-hmm, Connie, don't get ahead of me now. <laughs> if we delight in the teachings of our Lord, we'll become strong and mighty and sturdy and stable like a, like a tree that's planted. Like a tree. Okay, so, so I was thinking, I said, you know, my wife and I live on the lower hillside. And we was warned when we came over here that the wind sweeps off of the mountains or the hills like no other place, man. It could be calm in the city, and the wind is 40, 60 miles an hour out here. It's the craziest thing. When Pelzetta preached, teach, taught about, what was it, a month and a half ago? She talked about the wind knocking out the power. We have this big birch tree. We actually don't have it. My neighbor has it. It's sit up against the, uh, the, the fence right here, but it comes in my yard, so I think we're sharing it. <laughs> so I say it's mine, too. We got this big birch tree, big birch tree. Man, this thing is huge, and it sits right there in my neighbor's backyard. It comes over our fence, and it, it comes over our shed, and if you've been in my backyard, you know there's not too much distance from the shed to the house, and man, when that wind was whipping, I watched that tree like moving like this, man. It was moving. It was moving and howling the wind. And it lost some leaves and some branches. That's how, I mean, it's, this thing's moving like this. But that thing was planted. And when the storm of life was over, that tree is still standing tall. 
You will be like a tree, a well-planted, well-seasoned tree. Then the word is planted. That word in the Greek, planted, is not, it's, it's not like, um, the word means intentionally placed somewhere. You will be like a tree that was intentionally transplanted. <laughs> okay. Not accidentally, but deliberately, intentionally, purposefully. We are the planting of the Lord, purposefully planted and rooted and grounded in the covenant promises of his word. Don't believe me? Write this down, Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. Isaiah says, we'll be, like, we'll be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for one reason, that he may be glorified. That he may be glorified. Remember, you and I are uniquely designed to do one thing, to glorify God. Hmm. Be like, we'll be like tree planted by the streams of water. The health of, of a tree depends on its root system, the primary and secondary root systems. Both the primary and the secondary root systems go out. The primary roots go out and search for nutrients and, and moisture in the soil. The secondary roots go down and look for water and something to grab a hold on to. And the closer you get to the streams, often the deeper the roots can go. You'll be like a tree, a healthy tree planted by the streams of water. This is what came to me today. John 30, John 7, 38 and 39, Jesus says this, whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit whom he, whom those who believed in him were about to receive for the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. What's the point, Pastor? When we read and meditate on God's word, the water of the Holy Spirit flows through our hearts. Our heart is our spiritual root system. Okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm happy in there all by myself. If you believe in me in the script, as the scripture said, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. And he said this about the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as of yet, the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus hadn't been glorified. When we meditate on God's word, the Holy Spirit, the water of the Holy Spirit flows through our heart, which is our spiritual root system. He nurtures and fortifies us and prepares us to become fruit bearers. Man, oh man. Trees that yield fruit in their season. What fruit, Pastor Greg? You know, I'll say this too. I, just, just like the gifts of the Spirit, I don't think it's a, it's a comprehensive list. I think there are more gifts than that are listed in the Scripture. I think the fruit of the Spirit is also not a comprehensive list. 
I don't see faith in this, in this gift, in this list. Faith is a fruit of the Spirit. I could go on and on. But what fruit, Pastor Greg, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 tells us? The fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So why should we meditate on Scripture? Three reasons. No other spiritual practice can do more to transform our lives into fruit bearers in the daily reading and meditation of Scripture. Here's the second reason. The more we delight in, everybody say delight. The more we delight in meditating on Scripture, the more like Jesus we become. Because remember, Jesus told us apart from him, apart from the word of God, there can be no lasting fruit in our lives. Here's the third reason. The more we meditate on Scripture, the easier it will be to yield ourselves to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Listen, you cannot be immersed in meditating on Scripture and remain the same. And if the job and the role and the work of the Holy Spirit is make us more, just to make us more like Christ, then the more you meditate on Scripture, the more like Jesus you'll become. Why? Because you'll listen to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, I'm almost done. I'm working my way through this. So, the first way to cultivate the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and the fruit of the Spirit in our life was through the reading of God's Word. The second is through the abiding relationship. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. This is, you know what this is? An invitation. This is not only a command. There is a bug flying around. I just, I, I wasn't trying to do kung fu or nothing like that. <laughs> bug flying around. Yeah, I was like, See, this is a command for us, an invitation for us to press into intimacy with Christ. He says, listen, abide with me. Abide in me. An abiding relationship is a relationship of intimacy that nothing can come between. That's what Jesus is talking about here. We can only bear fruit when we are in or from an abiding relationship with Jesus. And that's the reason why he says, apart from me, you can't do anything. Yeah. Now get this. I can tell you, I have never seen this before, and I've read this scripture a bunch of times, many times. Listen to this. I'm just going to read this because I think this is the way the Holy Spirit gave it to me. In the abiding relationship, we are constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. If I say filled. But often before he can fill us, he has to prune us. Look at the picture Jesus paints here. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. The Father is the vine dresser. Look what he says in verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Look how J.B. Phillips translates this, and it is a correct translation. Listen to this. Now you have already been pruned by my words. Wow. Wow. 
as we meditate on God's word, the Holy Spirit prunes our hearts and then takes us into a season of abiding with Christ. get ahead of myself. The Holy Spirit prunes us. He shows us where we've fallen short. He takes off all the dead things that are hanging onto us. He snips those things off. He prunes us. Sometimes he does it gently. Sometimes man. Okay, so I have this big lilac tree in front of my house. And we've been there for seven years and probably before we got there, it had been pruned for a long time because the windows were right here in my living room, right? They're, no, actually, they're about right here. And the trees in that front yard had grown all the way past the roof. This is a lilac tree. So I called, a little plug for you guys, I called tall trees. And I said, can you come do something with these tall trees? I figured it would work. So tall trees came by, and they looked at it, and they said, well, man, we got to wait for a couple months because pruning season hasn't happened yet. He said, if we prune your tree right now, you won't have blossoms and blooms next year because it's not the season for pruning. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, I get so excited about this stuff. So, so late in July, the guy comes by and Pelzetto will tell you, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to be like proper, but I'm just going to say it like, like I would normally say. Dude came by and cut the tree like the smithereens. And he just came and like, he took out big gigantic branches. He cut the hedges and I looked at that tree and I was like, man, you killed my tree, bro. <laughs> this tree ain't never coming back. He said, man, listen, I got this, all right? He said, next year, you watch what happens. He said, all these branches and stuff were sucking the life out of that tree. And it was, it was preventing the tree from producing blossoms. Wow. So the Holy Spirit, sometimes he gently prunes us other times he just goes he goes diane that big branch that's been growing in your life give it to me just give it to me just give it to me just give it to me connie just give that thing to me joe just give give me that big branch that is doing nothing oh man this is this is what jesus said too it is doing nothing but it's hanging on the tree and it's withered it's a withered branch and, and the Father, through the work of the Holy Spirit, wants to come into our lives and cut off those withered branches and cast them away so that we can bear more fruit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Seasons of pruning and abiding before the fruit. Abiding relationship is the primary condition that God sets down for us before we can bear the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, here I am. I'm not Picasso. How many, how many, how many of you know I'm not Picasso? Raise your hands. I'm going to leave mine up. What you're about to see today is not Picasso, it's Gregasso. 
it's, it's pastazo. <laughs> that was pretty good. That just kind of came to me. That was... That's jacked up right there. I'm about to do something different with that. Okay. Come around like this, like that. Okay. Is that better? Okay. This is a semicircle. I want you to think of it as a pendulum. All right? You know how a pendulum swings one way and then it swings back a commensurate amount? And then swings this way and then swings that way. You ever seen a big pendulum? Like a, I mean, you can hear them now. Whoosh. Whoosh. I'm getting off. So, so Pelzetta and I, we were, we were in, at Bush Gardens, and they have this ride called the Viking. It's the most, it, look, it looks innocent. It is the most horrible ride you can, don't ride the Viking, man. You get sick. It's this big ship that goes, and then you got little kids out underneath, and they, and they wait till the thing goes upside down. They hold you upside down. All your money starts falling out of your pocket. Little kids go running down there. All right, all right, all right. I got off. I digress. So think of this as a pendulum. All right? Think of this as a person pressing into an abiding relationship, abiding fruit. God wants us to press into, to press. Everybody say press. God wants us to press into an intimate relationship with his son. Don't miss that. How many married folk in here? Is it always easy to be in, oh, don't, don't, don't answer this. <laughs> just, just wink at me or something, Ben. Don't look at the other one. Is it, okay, is it always easy to be in your relationship with your spouse? My, 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 yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're going to lay hands on Mike after the service is over. No, sometimes you got sometimes you gotta press past sometimes you gotta press. Everybody say press. Sometimes you gotta press into that intimacy in that relationship. Yeah? Yeah. So 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 God wants us to press into an abiding relationship with his son. And the more we 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 press into that abiding relationship, when this thing swings back down and before we have the fruit, we have spiritual growth. That's, a T, that's an H right there. Okay, so, so we press into a body relationship with Jesus. I mean, and it's, and it's sweet, man. We hear his voice. We commune with him. We sit in the throne room with him. We enjoy his presence. We become more and more like him. And as we come out of that season of the abiding relationship, there's growth. And then the growth always comes before the fruit. In most cases, there are always leaves on the tree before you see the fruit, right? So growth always happens before the fruit. And then once there's fruit, we don't have to press at all. We just have to look forward to the next time we go into the abiding relationship. So we drop out of our season of fruit 
And we work our way back into the abiding relationship. But watch this now. What happens as we come out of the fruit, we go into a season of pruning. That's P-R-U-N-I-N-G. We go into a season of pruning, man. And pruning is not fun. But God, but God takes us from a season of fruit and growth into pruning. So, and the Holy Spirit prunes us so that we can enter into a season where we are ready to experience the abiding relationship. It is hard for you to be at peace and rest in your relationship with Jesus. No, it, it's not hard. It's impossible for you to be at peace and rest in your relationship with Jesus if there's stuff in your life because the Holy Spirit will nag you until you allow him to cut it off. Somebody have to say amen. amen. He will. So abiding, growth, fruit, pruning, Abiding, growth, fruit, pruning, abiding. Yeah? I'm going to hit this last thing and I'm going to quit. The fruit of the Spirit, they're not emotions. The fruit of the Spirit are not emotions. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is determined as evident by how we respond when we're in our emotions. Yeah. See, we may get angry. Anger is an emotion. But if in our anger we don't sin, we are manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> See, I used to believe that that the fruit of the Spirit meant that I had to be in perpetual chill mode no matter what. Let me let y'all in on a little secret here real quick. Sometimes the pastor gets a little angry. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes the pastor gets a little angry. No, seriously. Why? Because, because God built, he designed us with emotion. Remember I talked to you about the body and the soul and the spirit? And I said, whoever controls the, the, whoever controls, oh boy. God wants us to be controlled by the spirit so that we can keep all this other stuff in line. I'll just say it like that. Okay. I used to believe that the fruit of the spirit, to be in the fruit of the spirit, I had to have this perpetual emotional had to be in perpetually emotional chill mode. Yet there are some times that we may lose control of our emotions. If we get angry, we're angry. And just because we tell ourselves we ought not be angry doesn't mean that we won't be angry. Right? We can, however, control whether we sin in our anger. And that is why, that's why one of the fruit of the Spirit at the end is self-control. Self-control, self-control, self-control. 
I heard people, I've done it before too. God, just please, just help me be in control. God said, no, you be in control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control. Everybody say self-control. Yeah, so how do we get self-control? We, we yield our spirit to the, to the Holy Spirit. So the scripture doesn't say that the anger is necessarily the sin. It says that we're not to let our anger, our emotion, cause us to sin. And as long as we respond in our anger in a Christ-like manner, we are exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. So, I'm going to close with this. The fruit of the Spirit are character traits in our lives. And they are revealed by how we treat one another and how we engage in the culture in the world around us. God wants us, man. I was raised in the country. Everybody stand. I'm almost done. I was raised in North Pole, Alaska. And up in North Pole, just actually even out of my mom and dad's property, there are areas that are so lush with blueberries. Those rascals are like, they're huge. And the weight of those blueberries on that, on those blueberry bushes, you could just see the bushes just, just, just going down under the weight of having to bear the fruit. You ever see grape clusters that are so big that the branches or the, the vines are just like, they got to prop the vines up? God wants us to bear fruit of righteousness just like that. He wants us to allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate life in Christ in us just like that so that we can be fruit bearers. My charge to you this week as we leave today is to allow the Holy Spirit to turn the searchlight of His Spirit on your heart and shine into your heart in the part of your heart that you don't let anybody in. Not even Him. Maybe you've been broken. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've shut that part of your heart off. The Holy Spirit says, I want in. Because if you allow me in, I can do a work in you that will transform your life in ways that you can't even comprehend right now so that you can experience the full love of Jesus in your heart you can't give away something that you haven't experienced. Father, thank you for this day. Holy Spirit, thank you for this teaching. Help us to meditate on your word this week so that you can fill us up. Teach us how to abide in you, Holy Spirit, so that we can be fruit bearers as your children. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And take us from this place, but not from your presence. Let the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide in the hearts of each person here. 
We'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all of the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.